0: Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, hey there. Welcome to Blue Ridge Church. Good morning, everyone. Welcome for those of you here with us in person, those of you with us online. Uh, we just truly are glad that you're here, like Scott said in that video uh, hopefully you didn't get that uh, first impression of Blue Ridge when you pulled in the parking lot this morning, uh, but we truly are glad that you're here with us and thank you for joining us. Uh, you picked a great time because we are dead center in the middle of this series where we're talking about our priorities. And as you can imagine, we're talking about some of the most important things in our lives, right? Because oftentimes we, no matter who we are, you can be a Christian, not a Christian, um, we rank things in our lives based on their, their level of importance, right? And that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, some of those really important parts of our lives. So we talk about faith <clears throat> being at the top. And then if you're married, you've got a spouse, so you've got to prioritize your spouse. And then if you've got kids, you've got to prioritize your kids. And then uh, depending on your relationship with your extended family, it's either your career or your family, right? Just kind of how that works. And, and so what we do is we go throughout life, whether we do it intentionally or we don't, um, we will all eventually get to a spot where we prioritize the most important things about our lives. We've talked about prioritizing time. We've talked, to, talked about prioritizing our values, things like our uh, our humility in life. We've talked about prioritizing expectations as we go throughout life. And this morning, we're going to continue in that, and we're going to talk about one of the most important areas of our lives we need to prioritize, in, and that's our, our children, to be able to prioritize how we can prioritize our children in our lives. Now, you might be here thinking, well, I'm not a parent, I'm not a mom, I'm not a dad. Um, And that's okay. There's going to be something for you as well. I understand there's going to be a very broad spectrum of the types of people we have here. If you're like myself, you've got maybe you've got young kids. I've got a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And so my experience of prioritizing kids is going to be a lot different than maybe yours if you've got older children. Maybe your kids are in the teenage years, or maybe they're fully grown. And so parenting and what it looks like to parent is different for you than it is for me. Uh, Others of you, you might not have kids at all. And, and maybe that's something on the radar. You're thinking, at one point in my life, I'd love to have kids, but you know, I'm waiting for the right person or waiting for the right time. There's things you want to accomplish first before you have kids. And that's fine. But then there's the category of people who you don't have kids. And honestly, if we're being honest this morning, you don't want kids. Right? You just have no desire in the world to have children. There's no uh, angst. You know, you're not excited to give birth. You're not excited to bring a child into this world. And that is completely fine. There is no one that should ever force you to have a kid. Maybe for you, you're like, I would just rather be happy. Right? I'd rather have joy in my life. I'd rather live and be able to keep my money to myself, And that's, honestly, to God, I'm not even judging, that's completely fine. And that's a legit thing. I looked that up this week. There's been studies on happiness that have been done that have proven that you are way likelier to be a happy person if you do not have children. Okay, you can Google that. I'm not making that up just for this talk. That is legit. Like, if you want to be happy in your life, uh, maybe children isn't the road that you want to travel. Um, No, but I mean, think about anything in our priorities, even without kids right? Anything on our list of priorities can take away our happiness if something happens to it, right? The reason why we make a priority list is because there's so many things that are important to us, and so if something bad happens to that, it means we care about it, right? And so if it takes away our happiness, it means that it has some weight, and it has purpose in our lives, and we really care about it to the point of if something happens, it really does hurt, and it really does take away our joy and our happiness throughout our lives, um, when you think about parenting, when you think about working with kids, and you think about investing in children, if you do choose to have kids, it ends up taking about a third of your adult life to raise them. I mean, so we don't want to miss, this is a huge part of our lives. We cannot miss this period in our lives. And, and once you have kids, you never, you never get to a stage where you don't have kids anymore. You know, it looks different. They grow up a little bit, most of them, And so parenting looks differently for you, so you don't really stop parenting, so it could be 100%, but that window of time that you have when they're young, and you have that opportunity where you can invest in them, and the things you tell them, and things you show them, and and the things you let them be a part of will really shape who they become in life as they move into adulthood. Right, but when you look at the Bible and you look at Scripture, you know a lot of us here. We're at church. We're trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, but we're also trying to figure out how to live our lives while following Jesus. One of the areas we cannot miss is how how high of a high, high of a priority kids have or should have in our lives. When you look at Scripture, here's what God says about children, and it's in uh, Psalm chapter one twenty seven verse three. He says, "Children are a gift from the Lord." They are a reward from him. Like children are a gift from God, whether you wanted them or whether you didn't. (laughs) Whether you planned for it or you didn't. Children are a gift from God. They're a reward from God to us. And there's a lot of responsibility with God giving us that gift. Now that might be confusing of a verse for some of you here because you like to think of a gift as something that gives right? Think of a reward as something that gives to you, not necessarily something that takes from you. And that's what kids do, right? Kids take your time. Kids take your joy. Kids take your money. They take your sleep. They take your sanity. They take your memory. Anything else? Anything else, kids? Right? Everything. They take everything from you. Right? They do. They take Every, they take a lot. Kids are very, very needy. It is very hard to please children. And if you have multiple children, it gets even harder because even though it is possible to be happy and have kids, what you'll realize is that you can only be as happy as your unhappiest child, right? You could have 10 kids and nine of them be happy. And if there's one of them, I mean, it Like it's like yeast in the dough. It spreads to everyone and everything and can ruin everything and everyone, right? But, but kids are a gift from God. They're meant to be a priority for us in our lives. Whatever context that, context that is, if you're a parent, obviously they're supposed to be a priority for you. If you work with children, obviously they should be a priority in your life, and you should be willing to do certain things with them and for them when you invest in them to make them that priority. Now, one of the things I've learned, and I would probably guess most people have learned, as they, especially if you have kids, is no matter what stage they're in, And no matter what's going on in their lives or what's going on in your life, children have the ability or the potential at least to provide a level of joy and satisfaction in your life that you cannot get anywhere else, right? If you have a good relationship with your kid, if you have a good relationship with your niece or your nephew or your student or your grandchild or your neighbor, I can almost guarantee you that there will be some sort of benefit that you get, some reward that you get by having that relationship. If you just believe in that kid, you don't have to agree with everything they say or believe everything they believe, but if you believe in them and support them as an individual, I guarantee you, especially as a parent, you will be rewarded in ways that you cannot be rewarded anywhere else. And so I don't think many of us probably come to life, especially if you are a parent, and, and you don't recognize that this is something we should hold as important, right? I don't think many parents out there are like, well, I don't really see why they're so high on the priority list. Um, I think it's more of a matter of, of how we do it, right? How are we supposed to prioritize our kids, especially if you work a nine-to-five job, job or you have a house you've got to take care of, and you've got a family you need to take care of, you need dinner that you need to make, and a house that needs to be cleaned, and laundry that needs to get done, and, and if you're married, you've got a relationship to to maintain. And if you're a Christian, then you've got to figure out where does God work into all this? And you've got so much stuff to do, so much to take care of. How do you make it all happen? And I think that's a really good question to ask, and that's what we're going to try to answer this morning. And so if you want to take notes with us, you can follow along on that app that Scott talked about, or you can just follow along on the screen as well. But here's learning number one. I need to prioritize my presence with my kid or my kids. I know this will look different depending on how old they are, but the most important thing your child needs is you. Right, like they, they need other things, sure, but the most important thing they need is their parent, is their guardian, is the person who is legally responsible to be taking care of them. You know, kids are needy. You know that, I know that. Kids need a lot of things. And one of the dangers we, we face as as parents and guardians of children is is to, to be careful that the relationship we have with them doesn't turn into a transactional relationship. You know what I mean by that? It's kind of the same when you think about Christianity. Like if you're a Christian or you're trying to follow Christ, our relationship with God is kind of like a parent's relationship with their child, right? If you think about a relationship with God, there's a transactional element to it, right? There's things that the Bible teaches us that if we do God will do other things as a result, right? If we're obedient, if we trust him, if we follow him, then there's a reward for that. There's, it's kind of like an if-then statement. If we do certain things, God will do certain things. That's transactional, right? But there's also another level to that. And if you come to Blue Ridge Church a lot, you'll hear us talk about a relationship with God or, or having a relationship with God where you're spending time in prayer or you're spending time reading the word or getting to know God. You're, you're doing the things that make that relationship an actual relationship, Right? You're getting to know God. God's getting to know you. You're talking. You're having a conversation. Right? We've got to be careful in our faith not to make it just transactional and to have that relational peace. Same thing with our kids. Right? We've got to make sure that our relationship with our kids is an actual relationship, and it's not just us taking care of them and giving them what they need and you know, providing somewhere for them to sleep and clothing them and feeding them and, and giving the things that they want. They need more things. They need us. More than anything else in the world, more than a tablet, more than a screen, more than a phone, more than a TV, more than a video game, they need you as their parent and their guardian. They need you to know that, that you believe in them. Just like we need God, need to know that God believes in us and he loves us and he cares for us. One of the biggest things we can do as a parent is making our lives with our children be one right and instead of how many of us do it and i'm i'm guilty this is myself is the adults are over here and the kids are over here right like we kind of section them off you get together i'm not saying you can't have a kid table at easter okay i'm not ruining those plans funnest times of my life but but the bible teaches us about children when we, when jesus talks about kids he talks about them being a part of life being a part of our lives they're not just second class citizens who don't get to do things we get to do they're part of the human experience, right? Here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 9, verse 36 and 37. He says, Then he put a little child among them. This is in the midst of Jesus speaking and teaching. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. See, this is kind of crazy because what Jesus is doing is he's relating being welcomed by God on the same level as welcoming our children into our lives. I think this is hilarious because if you look at the original language this was written in, the Greek language, um, the word for welcomes, uh, it means to put up with someone, right? Which in, you know, 2023, to put up with someone is more comical. Like, I've got to put up with my kids, almost like Jesus is saying, like, they're awesome, but I know they can be irritating and I know they can be uncomfortable to be around, but you got to put up with them. Right? No, he's, he's saying, no, welcome them into your life. Let them be a part of your conversations. Obviously, they're on a different level and in, in a maturity standpoint, but but let them be a part of your life. Don't shoo them away until they get old enough to be a part of the main group or the clique of adults. Build your life around them, right? Let them be a part of everything that you do. Welcome them into life as you're going through life As well. See, I think one of the biggest things we can do as parents when it comes to prioritizing our kids the way God wants us to is by prioritizing our presence with them. Making ourselves accessible to our kids, of having a relationship with our kids that goes beyond just again that transactional, here's what I'll do for you. Now here's what I expect from you as in return. It's got to go into finding out more about their lives, getting on their level, trying to meet them where they are, just the way God meets us where we are, in order to pursue something and to turn it into a relationship that's truly meaningful and a relationship that truly matters. You know, I think this should be a goal for all of us as parents. Um, but if you're like me, uh, me and my wife were just talking about this the other day of, of I feel like we try to make this our goal. Like we want to be involved in our kids' lives. We want to prioritize our presence with our kids and be around them and, and do everything we can to meet them where they're at. Uh, the problem with that is usually even though if that's how that starts, it usually doesn't end like that. It usually ends in a disaster. Someone crying, someone screaming, someone running out the front door. Just even the other day, we're playing a board game with the kids, a board game trouble. Remember that? Right, old game where you you pop the middle and, you know, there's a dice inside and whatever it lands on, that's how you move around the board. Okay, so we're playing this game and uh, and so we're going in order. And again, six-year-old, four-year-old, and two-year-old. So my two-year-old doesn't understand order yet. Okay, so he thinks he can just pop that thing whenever he wants to. So he'll just boom, 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 pop it. Now, my four-year-old gets really frustrated with things like this. He's a control freak. So he gets really angry with a two-year-old, so he'll whack the hand out of the way every time a two-year-old goes to do this. Now, if you know my youngest, Gaines, he's two, he's, he's a big boy. <laughs> he's bigger than most two-year-olds. He's big for his size, and so he uses his weight to, to defend himself. And so what he's gotten really into lately is instead of hitting, he'll grab hair. And so my four-year-old knocks his hand away, and he, the two-year-old goes, grabs his hair and drags him across the floor. Okay, so four-year-old's screaming, and so he goes to kick the two-year-old, but it's not just a regular kick because we had a great idea of getting our kids involved in taekwondo. <laughs> so my four-year-old, I kid you not, roundhouse kicks my two-year-old in the chest. Okay? He's down on the ground. We're like, are you okay? Are you okay? screaming baby, screaming four-year-old. Meanwhile, my six-year-old is behind us, moving all the pieces on the board, cheating, (laughs) trying to get ahead of everyone, taking every opportunity that he can to get ahead of his brothers and his parents. (laughs) And so we're like, this is over, we're done. Like, we're done playing the game, right? It, It went from having a great family time to a tornado in like 15 seconds, right? We're trying what we can do. We're trying to prioritize our presence with our kids. And sometimes it's just so much easier to be like, you know what? Here's a tablet. (laughs) Here's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Go for it. Have fun with Bluey. We need a break. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying we can't use screens and, and we shouldn't do that. I think it's fair to give our kids the freedom to have those things. Obviously, we should put some, you know, safeguards on those. Um, and I'm not saying you can't make your kid do other things, but your children need you. Like your children need your presence, even if that means it's frustrated you, even though it might be an angry you or a sad you or a just exhausted you, sometimes that's better than not you at all. And I know sometimes this has a lot of context with our jobs and our careers and the way we prioritize things. Typically, it's like the the stereotype of, you know, I've got to spend more time with my kids than I do with my job. And that's typically what makes life harder, especially if you do work a nine to five or you do work a schedule that's a little harder to spend those quality hours and time you need with your children. But beyond everything else we do, we need to make sure that when we think of our priorities, we are prioritizing our children in the places that we need to, right? And we need to be spending time with them. We need to be giving them our attention, showing them that they're seen, showing them that they matter as individuals, as human beings, and that we care for them. Thinking back on the the talk Scott gave week one of the time aspect, right? The quality time and the quantity time. They need both of those things. They need us to just be around in the same room with them, being in their presence. And then sometimes they need us to be engaged in their lives, in what's going on in their lives, asking them questions, finding out about their day, finding out about who they are or who they're becoming or what they're struggling with and building that relationship up with them. Now, I know what many of you are thinking is that that's impossible, right? Especially if you have more than one kid, that is impossible to do. There is not enough time in a day to do all the things that we want to do and to be able to do them right. And, and that's why learning number two is so important. It's this. I need to be willing to sacrifice for my kids. Now, I had to clear this up in the first service because someone thought I said, I need to be willing to sacrifice my kids. <laughs> no, it's to sacrifice for your kids, right? You don't need to be sacrificing your children here. That's Old Testament times, right? We're living in the New Testament. Every Christian got that joke. <laughs> but sacrifice is part of the deal, Right? Like the, the truth is we don't have enough time to do all this stuff. You know, we don't have enough time to 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 have a great relationship with God and, have, and then have a great relationship with our spouse and then have a great relationship with our kids and then have a great work ethic at, at, at our, or whatever our career is and then have a great relationship with our parents and and our, our relatives and our friends and maintain all these other things. There's just simply not enough time in our lives to do all of those things. That's why we make the priorities, right? because we know we can't do all of them. That's why it's so important to understand what are the most important things in my life because when it comes down to it, when I don't have the time, I need to be reminded of what really truly matters the most. Right? I know that our careers are very important to us. I know our social lives, our social lives are very important to all of us, some of us, <laughs> but we cannot forget what matters most. We cannot forget how important it is, especially when they're young, to be willing to give up other things in our lives in order to watch our children succeed. To provide the right things we need to be able to provide for, to watch that person, watch that kid grow up into who we know they need to be. Here's what Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I know a lot of times we read that it's in the context of our relationships with other people like around us, like our friends or family members or even our spouse. But we usually don't think about this when we think about kids is, is we need to be willing to live outside of ourselves if we truly want to see those kids grow up into who God made them to be. We need to be willing, like this verse says, to not look out for our own interests, but to consider other interests too. And, and right there, that, that's a sacrifice, right? When you're not looking out for yourself, but you're looking out for someone else, that's called sacrifice. That's the definition of sacrifice and giving something up of yours, something you want, something you need, something you desire in order to watch someone else or help someone else to get what they want or what they need or what they desire. And that's part of being a parent. That's part of working with kids. That's part of, if you're a teacher, you've had to give up a lot in your life in order to work with children. Probably a lot of money, probably a lot of time, probably a lot of your sanity (laughs) to work with kids. Anyone who works with kids knows that you have, have to be willing to give up so, so much to give them the things that they need. Here's what John chapter 15 says. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There is no better picture of loving someone than being willing to give up everything you love for that person. And that's the model that we have in God. That's the model we have in what Jesus did on the cross. As he was saying, I prioritize you, I love you so much that I consider your life worth more than mine. Therefore, I'm going to go to a cross, bear your sin for you, and die for you because you are worth it. You're worth it to me. You're worth it to my father. And by me doing this, I'm going to bring you to a place where you experience a level of joy that you cannot experience anywhere else. That's what God wants us to have with our kids. The relationship he wants us to have with our children that we are willing to when we say yes to having kids, when we decide whether that is, again, intentional or unintentional to have kids, we are willing and say, I am willing to give up everything I, I can, even my own life, for these kids, because I know that they are important, they are meaningful, they have purpose, and, and I am I'm called to sacrifice the most important parts of my life in order to see that happen. Here's another thing we can do. It's learning number three in order to prioritize our kids, I can be a good example of integrity and humility in front of my kids. You know, I don't mean this to be like when you're not in front of your kids, you don't have to worry about integrity and humility. Um, but I do think there's something to letting kids, whether they're your kids or not, letting them watch you make mistakes. Right? Letting a, when, when you let a child uh, watch you make mistakes and watch you reconcile those mistakes, that goes a huge way for them. Because here's what we realize as you go throughout life, right, is, is people are more, um, more, I guess, inclined to learn based on what you do rather than what you say. Right? Every parent, every teacher knows this. You can tell them a million things, but if you do something that's different than what you tell them, they are way more likely to do what you did rather than what you said. Right? That's why it's so important when you have kids to understand when they get to the age where they can understand what you're saying Hey, like, just a couple weeks ago, we're driving in the car, and, you know, we're just driving along, all five of us in the car, and peaceful, there's music playing, the kids are quiet, it's great. Um, Someone pulls in front of me and slams on their brakes on the interstate, and so I slam on my brakes, my wife in the passenger seat goes, what the heck? And within a second, my one-year-old, he was one at the time, he pops his head up and he's like, what the heck? (laughs) And we were like, oh, no. He knows, like he can understand us. Right? And so now anytime, even still today, he goes through, if he's startled by anything, he'll be like, what the heck? Like we'll be at a restaurant and we'll be like, all right, tell the tell the server, what, do you want the corn doggies? And I'll be like, oh, what the heck? Like a Kroger just shopping and he'll look at someone, walk by and just, what the heck? We're like, "Ah, oh, sorry. Right, but kids get to a place where they, they start watching you and they start seeing you and and the environment they're in starts to matter a lot, right? The, the environment that your, your kids are in plays a huge role into who they become later in life. That's why it's so important for us to be good role models for them as we go throughout life because they're watching us and they will do what we do and they will act how we act and say the things that we say, right? That's part of following God. Right? That's part of following Christ. We look at what Jesus does. We look at what God does. And literally following Jesus means we do those same things. We act the same way, same with a parent to their kid. They will follow you. They will do what you do. They will act. They will treat people the way they watch you treat other people. They will be as honest as you are honest. And I think this is interesting because uh, when you have children, you realize that they get to an age where they start to realize that there's, there's kind of like two different rule sets in life. Like they'll get to a spot where they're like, there's things that you can do that I can't do. My oldest right now, he's six. Why? He's starting to realize there's things that I'm allowed to do that he can't. Right? He'll be like, Why can't I have a phone? I was like, Well, you're six. You have one. Like, Well, I'm I'm almost 36. So there's kind of a difference there. I've gone through my purgatory of not having technology when I want it. And I'm like, Hmm. Why can't I stay up later than I do? Well, you're six. Again, let's revisit this. I'm I'm older than you. I can stay up later than you. And so he's starting to realize there's things that I can do that he's not allowed to do. Now, as a Christian, here's what I've got to be careful of. And anyone here who's a Christian, you're trying to raise your kids in the church, this is what you've got to be careful of as well, is your child will eventually get to a spot where they realize that there's kind of two different versions of Christianity, right? Because there's two different versions of you. There's Sunday morning you, And then there's Monday through Saturday you, right? Sunday morning you is we got to worship the Lord. We got to go to church. We got to do all the right things. We got to be nice to people. We got to be kind. We've got to be respectful. And so they hold you to that expectation. They hold them to that expectation. But then there's times where it's not church day and they still hold you to that expectation, but they don't really hold themselves to it anymore. Right? And, and that goes back to the way we treat other people, especially if you're in a house where you're married to your spouse um, and you're you know parenting together is the way you treat each other. right? They start watching that and, and eventually it'll click with them and they'll think, hmm, they're telling me all this stuff is important, following God, being obedient, following the scripture, but they don't do it. So how important really is it? And a lot of you have lived that to the place where you've watched your children walk away from the church. And the reason why they've walked away from the church is because at home, they didn't see it lived out like they thought you should. And I'm not saying this is your fault. I'm not pointing the finger at judging anyone. I'm just saying in general, children will watch us, everything we do, everything we say, how we live, and they will live their lives based off of that. And if they don't see us leading the way at home, there is no chance we can ever expect them to follow Christ. Which leads me to learning number four, probably the most important part of investing and prioritizing our kids is learning number four. I can prioritize my kids by teaching them about Jesus. I can teach them about Jesus. And listen, I know there's so many different ways we can do this. There's no cookie cutter way. You're never going to find a verse in the Bible that says, do exactly this. And if you do exactly this, your kids will turn out okay but I think there's some general things we can do to invest in our children on a spiritual level that will really help them go and, and, and progress in life to become the people that God says they can be, the gift and the reward that they are. Right, here's just a couple of them that, that we talk about in church a lot. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way they should go. Even when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I love this verse because at, at first glance, it can look like when, we, when it says to train up the way they should go, just, you know, teach them the Bible, right? Get them to pray, get them to church on Sundays, get them in a small group, force them to go to, to youth group, make them go uh, to small group when they get older. And if we can do that, we can kind of wind them up. And when we let them go, they can just keep going. But that doesn't work like that, does it? Like we don't really need to, to be training them in that way. What we need to be doing is, is focusing on the environment that they're in, like we just talked about a little bit ago. Right? not trying to make them fit a mold of what a Christian should be and, and everything they should be doing. And I'm not saying we don't need to teach them biblical principles, because we do. But we need to be focusing on a lot of the bigger picture things of making sure they're in the right environment, making sure we're providing everything they need for them to grow into that spiritual leader that they can be. I, I just thought about just brainstorming a couple of these this past week. One of the things that we try to make a very specific intention in our household is teaching our kids how to make good decisions Instead of like the typical way most people do it of trying to tell them what to believe or what to think or this is right or that's not right, we do some of that. Like we are black and white in certain areas, but there's also a lot of us training them how to actually arrive at that good decision, right? Your kids, when they're young, they need you to tell them what the good decision is, the right decision is, but as they get older, you need to start training them how to make good decisions, So that when they get older, they are well equipped to do that for themselves and they don't have to rely on you or someone else to figure out what's right and what's wrong. They know where to go to. They know the value of scripture. They know the value of having integrity. They know how to to lean on God and to rely on God. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 says, The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. You know, when it comes to investing and prioritizing kids, this is so important for them to realize that you have a responsibility to plan out your life, to prepare in your life in ways that put you in the position to make good choices. But at the end of the day, you've got a God that you can rely on every single time. No matter what the situation, no matter what the scenario, you have a God that can help you and guide you along in the decision-making process that we go through. Another one, forgiveness, we, we highlight a lot in our house is not only to forgive others, but to seek forgiveness when you wrong someone else. And so for all of our kids so far, we've tried to go through that progression of teaching them. You know, when you hit someone or you hurt someone, it's really important for you to seek forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a central part of following Christ, of understanding who God is. Because of what we talked about, right? Of Jesus forgiving us for our sins. If we believe in him, the word says, he is just to forgive us of our sins. And so, to reflect that, we should be investing in teaching our children how to forgive other people. And so, you know, like I said, if, if they hit hit each other or hit someone else, we'll try to instill them very young: you need to apologize, you need to make sure that other person's okay. For our two-year-old, it's really funny right now because he's just a parrot; like he doesn't fully understand why yet. And so, you know, he'll hit his brother, and we'll be like, "All right, Gaines, you need to say sorry. To say you're sorry for hitting him," and he'll go, "Thank you. You're welcome," and just walk away. <laughs> And we're like, all right, wrong thing to say back, but you're getting it, right? You're, you're getting there. And, and then the four-year-old, same thing. He's getting older, so we're teaching him, you know, you have to control yourself. You have to be willing to forgive other people. And same with our six-year-old. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll tell, you know, when someone apologizes to you, you should accept that apology. He's in the stage now where when someone says, I'm sorry for hitting you, and he'll be like, it was not okay. No, I'm not like, I'm not accepting your apology. I don't care what you say. I'm not accepting it. But teaching them forgiveness, such a big deal. Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty-two says, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you." The best way we can teach our children the principles of God is by reflecting it, by by showing it to them, by demonstrating it for them, and by letting them watch us see it in our own lives. I've ran out of time this morning, and so let's pray and. And, and ask God to help us do this. God, we just we, we acknowledge that this is a very, very challenging part of life. That kids, it's, it can be easy to stand up here and, and say, here's what we need to do, here's what we can't do, and here's how to do it. But when push comes to shove, it's very difficult. Every child is different, every parent is different. But God, help us to be good at the things that you want us to be good at. Help us to focus on and, and to get the timing right of when to do the things we need to do with our children, to be around them and to invest in them, to to prioritize our presence with them, to be willing to sacrifice for them. God, to be the leaders in our households and the settings we're in, whether we're the parent or the teacher or the social worker or the babysitter or the administrator, whoever it is that's working with kids, to be the role model for them of saying, I'm going to to live an honest life. I'm going to live a life of integrity. I'm going to forgive others. I'm going to show grace and let that be the reflection that those kids see. God, help us to raise our kids in you. No one here wants to watch their child walk away from you, to walk away from the church. No one wants us, no one wants to feel let down by watching their kid grow up thinking there could have been more we could have done. God, for those of us who are living in the later stages of parenting. God, help us to not feel regretful. Help us to not feel like we've missed it or we ruined them or we messed it up so badly that we can't go back. Help us to understand there's always another chance. And so, God, we ask you to open up those doors for those that need it. God, help us all be better children, children of yours. Help us to be better worshipers. Help us to be better in our relationship with you And God, ultimately help us to prioritize what matters most to us in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, thanks again for being here, guys. We appreciate it. Um, Just a few quick big announcements. Today is the first day to sign up to be a growth group leader. And so if you have had it on your mind or maybe your heart that you want to lead a group or you want to do some activity or hobby, it doesn't have to be a Bible study or something uh, like that. That is just you want to do with other people, consider signing up on our website. You can do that through the app. Uh, where you see the notes and the connection card and also the places to give online on that app. Um, a couple other things, we've got a blood drive coming up on February 10th. Over the last couple of years, we've tried to make this a big part of our service to the community to give blood when we can. So if you want to, if you're interested in this, on February 10th in this building from one o'clock to six o'clock, we do have slots open for you to sign up to give blood. So you can visit the Red Cross website to schedule an appointment and, and know when to show up. Um, the last thing is, is we've got a women's, ministry uh, conference coming up. We've done this the last couple of years as well. And this has been really great on March 3rd and March 4th. It's like a telecast conference here at the church. So if you're looking for something to be a part of, if you're a woman, uh, this is a great way to build new relationships and to grow in your faith. So um, I want to show you a video, quick video. It's about a minute long before I dismiss you. And so take a look at the video about that conference. And then afterwards, y'all can be dismissed. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you.